This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and I want to welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. And as always, I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. Tonight's special guest is Robert Felix, author of Not By Fire, But By Ice. And the focus of tonight's interview, Magnetic Reversals and Evolutionary Leaps, A True Origin of Species. Are you a supporter of the Global Warming Campaign? Did you know that the planet's overall temperature has been dropping consistently? Many countries in Europe experienced a mini-ice age recently, and the media was nowhere to be found. Robert Felix will be with us shortly. And how do you listen to the full interview, you ask? It's very simple. Become a member. Go to our website and click on the subscribe button, and you'll receive your login immediately. And we'll be able to experience everything we have to offer. And don't forget, visit our Veritas store, where you can find MMS, our futuristic metal-cased 8GB USB drives with Seasons 1, 2, or 3, for those of you who want to have it all but don't have the space or the time to download, all in CD audio quality and with bonus material. And to get in touch with me, it's very simple. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Immediately after the many major extinction events that Earth has experienced, thousands of new life forms appeared, 
with no previous evidence of them in the fossil record. This has happened many, many times. Remember Charles Darwin? He's the one who told us that evolution is a slow, slately, and orderly process, plodding along so slowly that no one could hope to see it work in their lifetime. Darwin's theories of gradual evolution and natural selection are now regurgitated almost unthinkably the world over. That's too bad, because Darwin was wrong, says Robert Felix, who's coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. and you are listening to a wonderful radio interview conducted by Mel. Robert Felix, a former architect, became interested in the Ice Age cycle back in 1991. He spent the next eight and a half years full-time researching and writing about the coming Ice Age. He then concentrated on spreading the word. Robert's book, not by fire, but by ice, has achieved international acclaim with readers around the world. Today, Felix continues his research and is more firmly convinced than ever that the next ice age could begin any day now. In fact, he believes it has already begun. And to learn more about Robert Felix and his work, visit his website at iceagenow.com. And directly from Kirkland, Washington, I would like to welcome Robert Felix to Veritas for the first time. Hello, Mr. Felix, and welcome. How are you? Hi, Mel. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. And may I call you Robert? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, first question is, how does an architect go from doing what you were doing to researching all these topics of Ice Age and magnetic reversals? Tell us more beyond what I read in your bio. <laughs> That's probably the toughest question you're going to ask me all day. <laughs> you know, I really can't answer that. In uh, in 1991, I mean, it was many years ago, but um, I be, I was taking a writing course and and I wrote a little bit uh, a fiction uh, article about how the dinosaurs were killed. I you know it was just fiction. I thought, well, they they were killed by a meteor, and then I thought, oh, you know, maybe I should just look it up and see what really did kill them. And lo and behold, scientists said it was a meteor. So I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll switch this over and make it into a, uh, you know, make it into nonfiction. And I started researching it and researching it. And I began to think, you know, I don't think it was a meteor. I think it was a magnetic reversal. And I got hooked. You know, I thought I could write a book in, <laughs> in maybe six months. I, if I'd had any idea, it was going to take me eight years full time to research that thing and, and write about it. I probably wouldn't have done it. But now I'm really glad that I did. And we were glad that you did because th these are topics that come to mind all the time in our show. But Robert, many of our listeners know you from your book, Not By Fire, 
but by eyes. But I wanted to look into your new book, Magnetic Reversals and Evolutionary Leaps. That is the, the what is the premise of this new book? Well, you remember Charles Darwin. Of course. Uh, he's the one who told us that evolution is a slow and, and stately and orderly process, that it, that it plods along so slowly that no one could hope to see it work in their lifetime. And, you know, we've been repeating Darwin's words now for, for almost unthinkingly for 150 years, but I think Darwin was wrong. With all, of my, with all of my research, the title of the book, Magnetic Reversals and Evolutionary Leaps, that, that tells part of the story. And the subtitle, The True Origin of Species, I think begins to tell the rest of the story. Because, because what I've discovered in, in my research on the first book is, is that the arrival of new species on our planet correlates amazingly well with magnetic reversals. And so that, that's what the book is about. And I like that subtitle because it obviously it alludes to what we all suspected here. Uh, you know, Darwin talks about gradual evolution, but there have been extensions when X number of, of, of species are wiped out and the same number of species comes back, but totally different without any, any, any trace. Can you explain? Well, you, you're right. And, and, and not only without any trace, but it, it happens suddenly. In fact, that's the, the title of, of one of the chapters in Magnetic Reversals and Evolutionary Leaps is suddenly because, because you know, the, the world just goes along, limps along for a while. And then all of a sudden uh, we have a, a, an evolutionary leap. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those evolutionary leaps occurred in sync with magnetic reversals. I, I don't, for instance, I don't think it was a coincidence that apes and humans branched apart about five million years ago at the end of Miocene at a magnetic reversal. I don't think it's just a coincidence that uh, Homo habilis appeared about two million years ago at a magnetic reversal or that Australopithecus, that, that was an upright walking creature with a, a man-like jaw and an ape-like brain. I don't think it's a coincidence that it went extinct about one million years ago at a reversal or that Peking man uh, or known as Java man appeared about 780,000 years ago, again at a magnetic reversal or, or even the Neanderthals. The Neanderthal uh, suddenly appeared about 115,000 years ago at the Blake magnetic reversal and then Lamb, uh, it disappeared, went extinct at the uh, at the uh, Lake Mungo magnetic reversal about thirty three thousand five hundred years ago. I I just don't think I don't see how all of those things can be a coincidence. Now the question is, where did these new species come from then? Well, <laughs> uh, what I'm seeing is that that during magnetic reversals, is is what happens is. Well, let me let me back up a little bit. There was a, like in the 1960s, there was a scientist called Robert Uffen, and Mr. Uffen proposed that uh, that during a magnetic reversal, that because because our magnetos magnetosphere protects us from the cosmic rays, that during a magnetic reversal, the Earth would lose its shielding. It would lose that magnetosphere for a while, and that would allow cosmic rays onto our planet, radioactive spewing uh, cosmic rays, and that those cosmic rays would lead to mutation. 
And at the time in the sixties, you know, everybody was, was, you know, they just kind of ignored often, but I think he was onto something. And I think that is what happens is that we have all this radioactivity bathed on our planet and, and boom, we've got a, we, we have mutations and new species appearance. Now we're going to be disproving Darwin a lot, I suspect, in the next two hours. Let me ask you, if according to Darwin, species have evolved, why is it that, for example, sharks are almost identical today as they were 370 million years ago? Uh, you've read the book, haven't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, that That is the question that I ask, certainly, is that uh, because sharks during all of these 300 and whatever million years are essentially still the same. However, you know, I think that uh, I think that a lot of new fish and new species probably, quote, evolved beginning with them. I, I guess you could call it evolution in one way is because you got to start with something. Those mutations came from somewhere, but the thing is, is that they happened overnight. Each each of those mutations, not not in a slow, gradual uh, way, the way Darwin talks about. You know, as I read your book, I, I, I come, something comes to mind. Are you familiar with the Akari insects? By the way, no, I'm not. Let me read something really quick. In 1837, Andrew Cross reported to the London Electrical Society concerning the accidental, spontaneous generation of life in the form of Acurus genus insects while he was conducting experiments on the formation of artificial crystals by means of prolonged exposure to weak electric current. Throughout numerous strict experiments under a wide variety of conditions utterly inimical to life as we know it, the insects continue to manifest. Then another researcher, Michael Faraday also reported to the Royal Institute that he had replicated the experiment. Soon afterwards, all notice of this phenomenon ceased to be reported. Here's an example of how insects just manifested, appeared with weak electric current, Robert. Oh, wow. You know, I you're giving me goosebumps. I had not heard of this article. I, I hope you can email it to me. I would love to put it on my website. Absolutely. And when I heard of this story a year or two ago by, by a, a researcher with the name of John Lamb Lash, I, I had to go out there and research. And I thought this may have been maybe, you know, a bug or two, you know, crossed the, the, the experiment. And, and, and But they actually replicated this experiment again and again, and they still appeared. So when you're talking about species all of a sudden, popping up when these reversals, and there's a lot of electricity that takes place and radiation. I wonder if in a larger scale, these carry insects also can and provide with the same type of uh, occurrence, bigger, uh, you know, flora and fauna. Well, before we go on, is it a carry? Is that A-K-R-R-A-K-A-R-I? A-C-A-R-I. A-C-A-R-I. If you Google, anybody listening, if you Google a carry insects, you'll be able to to look at a lot of information on, on how this happened over 100 years ago. Oh, that is so exciting because Michael Faraday, of course, invented so many things to do with with the, the magnetic field. Uh, yeah, during magnetic reversal, you know, well, going back to Faraday, Faraday is the one that, that uh, found that anytime you have an electric field, you have a magnetic field. You, it's not possible to have one without the other. And so during what I see during a magnetic reversal, 
uh, or a magnetic excursion, and, and we can get into that and the difference. But during a magnetic reversal or excursion is that sometimes the Earth's magnetic field uh, fluctuates strongly. It'll move partway south. It'll move partway back north. It'll move partway back south. And I am... I see no choice but when that magnetic field is is fluctuating that electric currents going through the earth have to also be fluctuating because uh, you know there's always electric currents going through the earth they're called electrotelluric currents but uh, I'm, I'm saying that during a magnetic reversal you would have vast fluctuations so why couldn't they contrib- contribute to the mutation I I'm agreeing with this this paper without even having read it. You said it's John Van Lash. John Lamb Lash was Lamb the one. Lash. He was the one who actually prompted me to the to the experiment. Okay, that's that is exciting news. And uh, all this reminds me of the whole what came first, the chicken or the egg, insects showing up out of nowhere. Do you subscribe to the panspermia? theory that life has was seeded by passing meteors and could it be that these new species got seeded this way oh i guess i don't necessarily subscribe to that but i i won't uh i won't say it's wrong either i guess you know that that is that chicken and egg thing because if it came from a passing meteor then how did that passing meteor get that life uh i i'm of the inclination to believe that um that everything goes back to the magnetic re- reversals and to the electric forces throughout the universe. I, I'm of the belief that, that uh, our Earth began not, not in the Big Bang theory, the way they talk about uh, four and a half billion years ago, but that, that our Earth essentially began as a rotating magnetic field out in space. And that as it had uh, more and more, uh, as it aligned with whatever it is that it aligns with and had these explosions that, that uh, matter was actually created in, in the sky and, and coalesced and, and eventually became our planet and that our planet is continuing to grow in that manner. And I keep imagining how in a magnetic reversal, a species just disappears and another one just Pops up, and again, I, I'm sounding like a broken record. But the question in my mind is how how was this new species transported here? How did it appear? And I guess this is a question that we're going to be asking throughout the show. I've always wondered, Robert, a long, long time ago. Many of the species that live today existed, but much bigger. Insects and birds came uh, come to mind. To what do you attribute their size then? Was the Earth different in size, or or was gravity less? Well, uh, one of the things, I guess, is during the dinosaur age, CO2 levels were much, much, much higher than they are today. And, and uh, you know, I, uh, staying away from the global warming part here, I think that's, you know, CO2, it does become a plant food. And, and uh, uh, during those times of high CO2 levels, I think that the plants were able to grow tremendously faster, and mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it affected uh, the animals too that that they were able to grow more. At least they had a lot more food available for them. So I think that's part of it. And when a magnetic reversal occurs, is it immediate or is it gradual? By well, before we even go there, maybe for I imagine most of your listeners have probably heard you talk about magnetic reversals before. Sure. But for those who haven't, 
uh, a magnetic reversal is a time when, in the past, when compasses would have pointed toward Antarctica instead of toward the Arctic. And this is not unusual. This is this is not theory. This is not something that I came up with. Uh, the geologic record shows that that our magnetic our magnetic field has probably been reversed for half of history. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.